the minute you recognize you're being marketed to, you have a filter that comes up and it's damn near impossible to get past that wall. This is Three Marketers Walk Into A Podcast, episode 49. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into A Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. I don't think there's anything more powerful than be able to click send on a message and turn that into income. Mm, I agree. Hello, this is Rob and Kennedy. Hello. From Response Suite. Very good to be here with you. We're talking about email marketing. I've been a massive fan for it for a long time. Rob, you've sort of worlded worlded around on it. What does that even mean? Worlded? Worlded. Don't know. Uh, It's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing. Like I think in terms of, and everyone says this, lots of people say this, not everyone, lots of people say this in terms of like getting a a great return on investment for the time and money invested email. That's the boy, isn't it? And I keep saying this, and I'm sure I even say this during the interview and when we're talking in a few moments time with Mo, is the problem with all other platforms with, with having a, uh, an audience built in your favorite social media platform is you don't own that data. If you, and you don't even know how legit that data is. I mean, I'm not saying they're making things up, but you don't know how accurate that data is. Whereas if you can see a list of different people's, people's email addresses, you know how many people are on that list. Yeah, like a number on a pixel. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. You can't mean? count them, can you? Whereas email addresses, I can see the email addresses, not just the number. see the email addresses, absolutely. I'm really excited to be talking to Mo today because he's built an incredibly big platform. He's from, it's a great platform. Gen M, yeah. Gen M. And he's, he's just, I didn't expect somebody of that sort of SaaS area to be such a big advocate of email marketing. I thought he was going to be more of a, no, build a following and, uh, and put quotes on Instagram and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. No, bring you in. Lovely. Really big fan of email marketing and just got some really great ideas and visions. There's a really great piece in this interview about being able to run sort of timed promotions where you give somebody a discount or a bonus or something for a specific period of time. There's a nice chunk of this, of this episode that's all about that. And that's really valuable. One of the things that's really valuable for me about this episode is how what what we're really grateful for here on the podcast is that we get interviewed people who have very different opinions to us. And the way we do email marketing is very, very different to the way that Mo does it. And obviously, one of our things that we have a, a real responsibility to do for everybody who listens to our podcast is to give them a variety of episodes, a variety of episodes which cover a variety of opinions. And that's really important. So we would do this very differently. Indeed, but that's okay. You can try everything and see what works best. And that's for you. what we're here for. You know, that's that's it. Before we get into it, I want to give a huge shout out to someone who left us a lovely review on the old iTunes machine, Brandon, actual username. Said it's absolutely fantastic being listening to every single episode multiple times, and I'm constantly learning. It's good to be constantly learning, Brandon. You're a legend. Mm. If you haven't left us a review already, you damn well should. So just pop over to responsesuite.com forward slash iTunes and you'll be able to just go ahead and leave us a five-star rating, five-star rating, five-star rating, five, subliminal messaging, five-star rating, five-star really, really rating. really subtle. It's good, isn't it? Uh, and a lovely review and uh, we'll give you a name check, give you a little shout out on the podcast uh, and say hello. We will do that. Before we get into talking with Mo about all things email marketing, his particular approach to it all, let's go over some inspiration with Rob's quote of the week. Yes, because as they say, don't move the goalposts when you're playing golf. Really important. Really important life lesson there. And that one cuts deep, man. That really cuts deep. Great. So shall we talk about how we can help people out? 
We should. Uh, if you're a high-ticket coach or consultant and you're looking to get more clients or convert more of the sort of clients you've got coming in anyway, you probably want to take a little look at the uh, misunderstood piece of the sales funnel, which is the application form, the bit where people actually apply to be a client or be a coaching student, the bit where people are actually saying, pick me, pick me, but only if you do it right. So over the last 10 years or so, we've done a ton of research and also in the trenches work uh, to find out what really works, what questions you should ask, the format for those questions, the colors of the page, like, you know, every little detail about how your application form should work. And we put it all together for you in a lovely PDF. Yeah. Don't worry. You you don't have to actually apply every single thing, but you could just use some of these things to pimp up your application form as it is. You'll find all of that downloadable completely for free right now over at perfectapplicationform.com. All right, let's speak to Mo. This week, we're speaking to Mo Abbas. Mo, how are you? I am doing fantastic, thank you. So good to have you here on Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. Now, we want to talk to you today about your expertise with creating time-sensitive offers and promoting them by email. A really, really cool topic. And actually, a lot of people you see just kind of running sales to their list kind of for the sake of it. And they don't really seem to have put much thought into how it's all going to work. Sometimes they even have offers that sort of contradict each other a bit. So let's talk about how we do this properly in a way that serves our audience, but also makes us money. So let's imagine our subscribers have their email list and they're about to put together some sort of time-sensitive offer and start emailing it out. In your experience, how long should that sequence be? Over what period? And also kind of how many emails work well in this kind of thing? So first thing, you know, I'm a big believer of email marketing. It is the best return on investment that we have done in our company. Uh, a lot of studies have shown that it's the best investment you can make in marketing. Some studies have shown you get a 40 to 1 ROI, so $40 for every $1 you invest in email marketing. Wow. So, yeah, and like, there's a lot of reasons for that. I think I just want to touch base on email marketing as a channel overall since sure. it's marketing. You know, when you deal with like social media, when you deal with a lot of these other platforms, you don't own the list. You don't own your contacts on you know, Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. You don't own them. You are essentially renting them from the platform. Right. Email is one of the only mediums where you own that list. It's a direct form of communication to your users. You don't have to worry about how Facebook's algorithm is going to rank your message to your community. It's a direct communication channel. And that's one of the most important parts of marketing is your ability to communicate with your audience. This is why I love email marketing. I can send a message to an, a, you know, a client or a potential client, and I know that they're going to get that message. There's a, high, there's a very high probability they'll get that message. So highly recommend email marketing. Now, there's a couple of things that I do when I email market. Uh, I use a few different tools, number one, to make it easier. Um, you know, some people, they like using tools like MailChimp or, you know, uh, you know SendGrid for transactional emails. Yep. I use, when I'm creating a time-sensitive offer, um, I use a, a, a tool called Yam, yet another yep. mail merge. Uh, it allows me essentially, it's not great for really big lists, it's good for smaller lists where you can really make it very personalized. 
uh, I think there's a cap of 1,500 emails a day that can be sent. Okay. Um, why do I like that tool? Is because it makes it look like the email it is actually coming from my inbox. So when I do email marketing, when I, one of the first things I like to do is I like to be very personal. I like to talk to the person using their first name. I like to engage in a conversation with them that seems very personal. It does not seem like I'm mass emailing anyone when you get an email from me. You need to double check. You can't even tell that it's a mass email, frankly. It looks like a very personalized email. Okay, it's very easy. Yeah, because one of the quickest ways of killing your email marketing is by allowing people to realize and totally see through the fact that it's any kind of automation versus being a real communication. People, people are smart to that these days. If we think for a second that because we're merging their first name in, then, then that's fooling them into thinking we're really talking to them on a personal level. Obviously, no one's fallen for that anymore, anymore are they? No, no. This is 2019. People are getting spammed left, right, and center. Yeah. They have the significant filters up. There's a really high noise-to-signal ratio. So you want to make sure your signal gets the proper mind share and attention that it deserves from your community. Mm. It's not going to, you know, how many emails a day do you get from uh, different providers that are look spammy that you don't even check? Because the minute you, the minute you recognize you're being marketed to, you have a filter that comes up and it's damn near impossible to get past that wall. You can't let the client put up a wall. If they put up a wall because they feel like you're marketing to them, you're at a tremendous disadvantage. Absolutely. And of course, here at Response Week, we are massive advocates of personalization. So what sort of techniques can you use or have you used in order to sort of overcome that to actually make it feel so much more personal and be more personal? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, using first name is a very obvious one. A lot of people sure. do that. Subject line is another one. Try to like use a subject line that's not generic, that's personalized into at least a segment. I think one of the best things you can do is actually segment users. You know, um, if you can segment them, let's say, you know, signups. Hey, you know, I just wanted to reach out. I saw you signed up, right? Mm-hmm. So that you know they signed up but didn't yet become a member, let's say. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, okay, I know this person is speaking to me because it's very specific to my context in their product. Yeah. So they have not yet put up the wall, right? Um, so you want to try to segment users into different stages of the funnel, which allows you then to send a personalized email that's contextual and relevant, but not spammy. Doesn't, doesn't put up the wall. Yeah, and I think there's also something to be said for not being too efficient. Like if I've just hit the buy button and within half a second, I get a, a quote unquote personal email from you going, thanks for being my customer. We're really good friends now. Like I know now, of course, that's unrealistic. No, totally unrealistic. It's not a, you, like the whole point is to create a conversation. It needs to be a natural, you know, friendly Hey, this is what we're about. I saw you're interested in this thing. 
Uh, we have a special offer. It's time limited. You know, if it is for you, come check it out. It's going to expire. Just thought I'd put it on your radar. It's, it needs to come off like a referral, not like a marketing message. Right. So one of the things I know that you're really keen on is this idea of time-sensitive offers. Can you define what you mean by that? You know, there's a couple. It is very basic marketing. You know, if if people are uh, are not given a time frame to act upon, there's there's this the idea of scarcity, right? That it's going to expire, that it's going to go bad, that if I don't act now, then I'm going to lose this opportunity. So it creates a uh, it creates a mentality of loss. It contains a mentality of scarcity. You need to put a time frame on these offers because what you'll find are people will work within that time frame. They'll act quickly. They'll take it a lot more serious because they need to make a decision. You're putting them into a position where a decision needs to be made. Well, it works the same, same psychological principle that if you add something to your task list and give it a date that you're going to do that one thing, then you'll do it by that date. But if it's like, yeah, yeah, I've got to do this thing someday, then that's, that, those are the activities that you never get to do. Very basic, right? But you'd be surprised how often people leave open-ended offers. It's just open-ended. It's like, wow. save 20% and this expires in like two, three months. You can't let it expire in two, three months. It's got to be like, save 20%. On November 5th, or like if you sign up before Friday, you save 20%. And then people be like, damn, I got to like decide if I want this or not today. And you can send these out again, again, and again, right? Mm. Um, but the key is putting that deadline in there. Okay. So when, when you're trying to come up with one of these time-sensitive offers, it's very easy to say, hey, because it's New Year or because it's, I don't know, Valentine's, we're doing a special promotion and it ends at midnight on Valentine's Day. What kind of time-sensitive offers really work in your experience? Um, you should need to give them some kind of discount. You know, it doesn't necessarily be discount, but obviously discounts work really well. They work the best, frankly, but you don't want to, depends on your brand. Some brands are not, they don't work. You don't want to discount them. Uh, other ones are majority can be discounted in some way. Um, and it doesn't have to be a lot. It really doesn't have to. It's just the idea that you look, they're interested in your product. They signed up. They want what you have. Maybe the timing was off or they just weren't quite over the line. So you just got to tip them over the line. Uh, and you got to make it really, really easy and casual, right, to, to claim whatever it is. Um, it, it, you don't even have to have a reason. This, this, you know, like how many people, oh, it's Valentine's Day, so we have a special Valentine's Day yeah. offer. And then you get like 30 more emails like that. And then, bam, you're back to noise signal. Now the noise signal is really high. Is it, is it really that personalized if, if it's coming on Valentine's and, and 30 other emails? No, it doesn't seem genuine. Enough. It doesn't seem like you were thinking of me and you wanted to reach out to me personally. You know, so like I, I definitely, you don't need a reason for it. You can just say, look, you know, if you sign up before this day, we'll give you this kind of discount. It's limited time, limited availability. You don't got to tell them why it's limited availability. You can, it might help. People like to know why it does help with conversions. Uh, so you can say something like, you know, we are giving uh, a $25 discount, uh, you know, for a limited time. 
Uh, we just signed a, a big partnership with some schools and, you know, for us or whatever. I, I don't even tell them the why very often, but okay. the why does help uh, conversions. Of course, of course it does. And one of the things, just an interesting thing about sort of what do you, what do you offer and what's the sort of deal and the reason to act right now? And it could be a discount. We recently ran a really interesting split test. And that was testing a discount versus a free bonus. And it turns out people really like free stuff. So it turns out people will do more and will buy in, in higher quantity if you say to them, hey, when you buy this thing today, we're also going to give you this extra bonus, but only until Friday. But it, so it does, it does have to have that time element. But we found just in this recent test, and this may be like a, I don't know, a skewed test or it might be an anomaly, but we found like giving something away for free actually outperformed the discount. Quite interesting. Quite interesting. Yeah, they did a study on that actually where they had, um, I think it was like a Hershey's Kisses or some kind of chocolate. Okay. And- Listed at twenty five cents, and then they said, "Well, we're going to discount it ninety percent to one cent," and and then there was another one, a group that they were giving it for free, uh, and you would think like, "What's what's a penny, right? Like, who cares about a penny? This thing is worth twenty five cents. It's a huge, huge discount. Uh, what's the big deal of spending a penny?" So the discount outperformed the normal price by a, a, a limited amount. But the free, the fact though that they're giving away for free, it was like a 10x difference <laughs> in conversion. So yeah, the word free and the idea of free converts tremendously well. Now, when you start running offers like this, and anyone who's tried this will know, you always get that, that, that person, don't you? That guy or that girl who just after the thing's finished, you get an email or a support ticket that says, whoa, 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 I was on holiday. I was uh, out with my kids that week. I was doing something else that week. Uh, I missed the discount. Can I have the discount now? How, how do you handle that? Do you say, well, okay, you've only missed it and you seem to have a reason, so take it? Or do you say no? Or do you offer them something else? How do you handle it? What do you think the right way to handle that is? Obviously, you give it to them. <laughs> it's tricky, isn't it? Because some people oh. might say that you're now training them to think that you're, when you say it closes at this time, that that's not really true. I mean, it's, Nobody knows it's, this. It's not like there is an announcement that goes up that says, this person just got the discount past the, the deadline. So like, it's a totally private conversation between you and one individual where you make it seem like they're extra special, that you're very understanding and compassionate. What I usually like to do when I do this is I, I ask them for something else. I say, you know what? I'm going to make an exception for you, but I'm going to ask that you share this with some friends on social media. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, I asked him testimonial or whatever it's going to yeah. be. Yeah, and they're like, no problem. But look, look, the whole point of running the offer is to get sales. You're going to tell a sale, no, it doesn't make any sense to me. The only time <laughs> I would do it is like, like you said, is if it affects the brand or affects the offer, but that's extremely rare circumstance. It's cool. I like the idea of being able to get something else out of it, whatever that's going to be. And apart from discounting, because obviously discounting is a really quick, quick way and quite an easy way to think about it. Are there any other time-sensitive offers that you think you, we should consider that you've seen maybe that you've used that are a bit more creative or you've seen other people using what you thought that was really good? I like flash sales. They get me um, when a flash sale happens. So I'll get an email saying there's a sale, ends at midnight, 
and you get like this tremendous discount, but it's only one day. It's today. You know, you got to act now, limited quantities. So like they're adding all this pressure for me to buy. And then like they give you an example, a few things maybe that were in your cart before that now are like, you know, oh, wow, I can get to a better deal, you know, a little bit personalized to what my buying preference is. And then I see this flash sale that works really well. Uh, content is something that we're going to experiment with, you know, where it's like, look, you get this free course, this thing, but it's only available for free uh, for like, you know, one week. So you got to get in it right now and then it's going to be paid or it's not going to be available anymore. So content another thing you can put uh, as a time sensitive uh, offer. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. And access is pretty good as well. One of the things perhaps to consider is you also might get, I don't know, like access to something or someone uh, like a, a coaching thing or something like that as well. Uh, it is obviously interesting to consider. Actually, you talked about something interesting there, which was, was pressure and time pressure. And that gives us a fantastic segue into the first game of this episode. So for each episode, we come up with a customized game for our guest. And since you're all about that time-sensitive offer, we're going to put you under the pressure of one minute. You're going to have one minute on my handy-dandy timer here. And we're going to play the game, which is the A to Z of email marketing. We're going to start off on A, and you have to name any word beginning with A to do that is related to email marketing. And then as soon as you've got A, you can move on to B. And we're going to see how many letters through the alphabet you can get through on things related to email marketing for each letter in one minute. Does that make sense? Uh, <laughs> sure. All right. Get, you've got a couple, you've got a second now just to Should think we about give your him one just to... Yeah, we'll give you one to be So like so... A could be autoresponder, A Weber. That kind of thing. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, automation would be another really good one for uh, A. I feel like I'm not going to get very far here, buddy. Oh, you're going to do, you're gonna <laughs> do just fine. It. Believe me, we've had some guests. Uh, <laughs> Three, two, one. The time has begun. B. Bill. <laughs> Bill, I like that. That's good. C. Uh, catch. D. Do not reply. <laughs> e. People are uh, screaming at their wirelesses. Email. 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 <laughs> F. Free. Not that word. Different word. <laughs> F. Free. What was that? Free. Free. Yeah. Oh, yeah. G. Gmail. H. Uh, Hand. A few seconds. I. I Infusionsoft. Infusionsoft. J. <laughs> um, J. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, you did really well, and you scored I out of Z. Congratulations. <laughs> there you go. Whenever that timer beeps, I always think my microwave dinner's ready. I get very excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, congrats! That was pretty. That's pretty good going, and the pressure's oh, on. Hold on there. a second. We eat well. microwave dinners. <laughs> we've done no work this morning. We've been, all we've been doing all morning is trying to work out what we would say for A to Z of email marketing. <laughs> <laughs> we got a B. So <laughs> let's chat about this. Let's chat about this this time sensitive offer thing again because 
the problem is we've all seen these marketers, we've all seen these businesses. And in fact, in the UK, there's a really, I don't know if it's like this over there, but in the UK, there's this really famous furniture shop that always has a sale on. So they always say the sale ends on Monday, but the sale never ends. Like it ends and they just start. Like, well, no one the world's going to end because they won't have a sale. <laughs> so uh, nobody wants to be that guy because we kind of talked about the fact that it can be a little bit damaging to the brand. So let's talk about that. I mean, how often can you get away with running some sort of sale to your list? I would say, yeah, you got to be careful of the frequency of it, especially if it's the same type of sale, right? Then that's not a great thing. Um, I, you could probably get away with it easily month. Monthly, you can do it easily. Really? As often as that? Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Monthly is no problem. You can go up to even weekly. I've seen some weekly ones that do well. Because, look, sometimes it's, it's, they don't really – they're waiting for it. And some people just won't convert until they get that offer to convert. What you'll find though is a lot of the time, the people who pay up front, they may not be uh, the, 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 the sale may not convert them, let's say. Like they're going to buy it, they're going to buy it. But other people, they need that conversion of the sale. They need that extra push. And it's, it's, often a matter of when they are ready to buy, right? So if I didn't buy your product today, what makes you think I'm going to come back in three weeks and buy it or in four weeks or in a month? Nothing's changed really, right? But if you get me an offer to this month, oh, I really want to take it, but I'm not going to take it. And then you send me the offer again next month, like I might take it because the timing is a little bit better, and I, I know that I may get an offer next month, but I'm ready to take it today because I'm not quite sure because the timing is not exactly... A month is long enough for people to, uh, to forget. or And you can change the offer. It could be like 20% one month, 30% the next month. They're not quite sure if the next month's going to be better or worse if they are smart enough to see the pattern, which many people won't see that kind of pattern. Hey, you don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player. So how do you feel when people might be thinking something? I'm trying to think of what our listeners might be thinking. And, and, and one of the things I'm worrying about or wondering about, I suppose, is how do you feel about the people who saw the, the face value of, of that product? And you, you've priced your product sensibly at the value of, you believe it's worth. And they've purchased it at full price, but then they see this sale coming along. Do you feel like, if, especially if it's constant, like, oh, I just bought it this month. And if I'd waited a bit longer, like, are you creating some kind of negative vibe around that all oh, these guys like took me for a ride? Not that they took you for a ride, but like, damn, I should I should wait the next time I buy from them and buy it on sale. Um, yeah, you could be you, that could happen. Which do we want to? Like, do we want to train our? Okay, so that's really interesting, isn't it? To think about that mindset. There's ways you can handle that. You don't make everything go on sale. You have right. limited stock that goes on sale, and then you rotate that stock. And then if you can get it very personalized to the person then you won't run that risk. But if you do like blanket sales, 20% every month on all products, you might run that risk, right? But again, they don't know when it's coming. Like there's a lot of ways you can manage the, uh, the uh, you can call it the, the offer fatigue, um, kind of like an ad fatigue. Right. There's a lot of ways you can manage that. 
Yeah, and I think the big the big lesson there, which is what, what I was sort of guiding you towards, was uh, from what the realization I had when we were talking there was not to put like, hey, everything in my e-commerce store is twenty percent off this week, and then next week, oh, everything in my e-commerce store is twenty percent off this week. No, it's like this one little thing, this cool braided things, this braided bracelet is really beautiful, and it's twenty percent off this week, and then. Next week, it's a different product or maybe an, with a slightly different offer that it's not discounted by 20%. It's a different product. And also I'm bundling it with something else. So it's about shifting it around so they know that this particular offer may never come around again, but it will be done. But, but something else will perhaps be on, on sale and available at a special timely discount uh, very soon. Very cool. And of course, all of this gives you, we know that when you're doing email marketing, one of the trickiest things you've got is to come up with different ways and different reasons to email your list this week. So this is a really, really great way to do it. Now, Mo, we're going to jump over into the second game of the episode. This is our standard. It's our favorite. Here's how it works. Uh, My colleague Kennedy here. Hello. That's him. Is going to sing a song for you. And he's going to sing a song in the style of a traditional British pub singer. That means that some of the words may be (laughs) somewhat confused and disguised. Your job, Mo, and dear listeners at home is simply to guess what song Kennedy sings. Take it away, my friend. <laughs> we are the champions. That's that was that was. I, mean, I was thinking. I was thinking. I'm really feeling this. I like the fact that he continued it as well. Oh, it's beautiful. We're going to use that as the clip forever. That's going to haunt you across the internet. <laughs> so, dude, let's drag this kicking and screaming back to this email marketing thing for one last round. Uh, here's what we want to ask. What are the other ingredients to make this work? So, somebody's going to run some sale. They're going to run some sort of time-sensitive offer. What are the tools, the the tech, the tools and the the um, what's the word I'm looking ingredients? for? Ingredients, ingredients, I guess. Yeah, that you're looking for to make this work. Maybe you see people running time sensitive offers, and you think, oh no, if only they had this on the page or whatever, then that might that might that might improve it. What are the essential ingredients? Okay, so like for our product specifically, it's not something that's done. Like I, I see a lot of people try to sell their products uh, through automated checkouts. Which is okay if you're like an Amazon or if you're like a Walmart or a Zappos and you have like hundreds of thousands of clients, sure, create an automated checkout. You can't handle that volume. But most of the people that are listening, I would assume, are smaller businesses, e-commerce companies, etc. It blows my mind. It really, really does. Like your goal is to sell. And it blows my mind why they push people to automated checkouts for any significant price point um, when they can talk to clients and sell significantly more products. So what I do, I'm a big fan of talking to people. So I don't tell them, go sign up to our platform and here's a discount. I say, hey, we got this thing going on. I want to give you $25. It's time sensitive, but I'm not quite sure if it's a fit for you. You know, if we jump on a call, we can see if it makes sense for you. And then I can apply a discount if it does. Mm. Okay. Mm. So I like to jump on calls with people. And I like, I like, like, you can say, well, look, you're selling like a, a, your scarves. Why would you jump on a call to sell a scarf? But you also have maybe a product line of 10 things. You'd be like, look, let's jump on a call. I want to get to know what you're into, what kind of fashion you like. 
I can maybe make some suggestions as to what some products would work with with your type of style. And I can add in a discount for you as well. Not only will you sell more, you'll probably sell much more volume as well. You'll convert better. And then as a small business owner with an e-commerce platform, uh, you, you you have the time for this. You can get to know your clients, what they like. They're going to be repeat customers. You're almost creating like an in-person shopping experience virtually uh, by talking to clients. So I'm not a fan of like, you know, these small businesses that do like a thousand dollars a month in sales and are struggling to get more sales. And they have like an email list of like 5,000 people that they want to automate to, to their checkout. I don't get that. Like you should be squeezing every single dollar out of your community. And when you're on the phone, you can ask them for referrals, ask them if there's anybody else that they would like to product, tell them to share, thank them, build a relationship with them. And they'll buy way, way more. That $1,000 by getting on the phone will quickly, quickly, quickly turn into 5000 maybe 10000 a month. It's all about that personalization that we started, that we started talking about at the very beginning of this conversation. It's about having re- being really timely, making sure that your communication, whether it's by email or that in-person, over the phone, over Zoom or Skype or whatever, it's about building those personal relationships, isn't it? It really is. And that's something you're obviously really, really brilliant at. So we're going to head now into what we lovingly refer to as the quickfire round. So Mo, give us a book that you recommend. Uh, a book? So if you're a business, I like the Lean Startup. Mm-hmm. However, Wait. I'm going to say something, and I know that people don't like to hear this, like it depends on your situation. I'm a big believer in just-in-time information. So reading a book that's contextual to you right now in your life, not just right. reading any kind of book. And I would actually say what's more important than any single book is the process of finding a book. This is what turns a lot of people off is they don't find a good book. So rather than me giving a book, what I recommend is spending a significant more time up front searching for a book that you like, that's personal to you and relevant to you. That's a huge... That is... Beautiful. Absolutely brilliant. Love that. What's a success habit you have? Something you do regularly? I do a lot of things regularly. Um, You know, I use the sauna pretty much every day where I do breathing techniques and yoga in the sauna. Um, A lot of benefits to that. I don't want to bore everyone with the benefits to that. I listen to affirmations. You know, I... (laughs) I surround myself with what I and who I want to be and who I am. That's great. Super important. With that in mind, who do you look up to? Um, I look up to different people in different genres on whatever skill I'm looking to attain. So in entrepreneurship, my background photo on my phone right now is Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg. I look up to them. Bill Gates is probably one of the best entrepreneurs ever to walk the planet. Um, but if it's something like training, I look up to somebody like Goku from Dragon Ball Z, right? So depends on the context. Yeah, love it, love it. Okay, so what are some of your favorite sort of apps? You're talking about your phone there. So what are your favorite apps and things that are really like running your life or you really rely on? You know, just quite frankly, you just really like right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you right now what I use every day. I use uh, Audible every day. Yeah. I use Slack every day. Yeah. 
most of them are communications. A lot of my job is communicating. So those are, and learning. So there are learning apps or communication apps or their food delivery apps. And then maybe, <laughs> maybe Instagram. You guys can add me on Instagram as well. At real Mo Abbas. At real Mo, M-O-E, Abbas, A-B-B-A-S. I do use Instagram and I post on that. Um, other than that, uh genm app <laughs> Gen of course, of course. Yeah. and uh, a big important question here mo who do you like more red-haired rob or platinum-haired kennedy you know i don't like any of you guys so i don't know how to answer that <laughs> uh, <laughs> i thought we were friends okay so we've heard a little bit about I mean, in case anybody doesn't know you are the founder of of a phenomenal new platform, which actually we're customers of, so we, we can tell people it's really great, called Gen M. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what Gen M is, how, why it's disrupting and completely changing a, a particular landscape, and how people can find out more about it? Absolutely. I mean, Gen M is an education platform where students come launch their careers and small businesses come to grow. For students who provide them coursework, work experience, and certification, they can get trained on Gen M for free, cost them nothing. They only, it's only 10 hours a week. It's remote. So they could be working full-time or in school or looking to switch careers and still get the work experience they need to launch their careers. So we created a free education system. And how we do this is one key innovation, which is digital apprenticeships. As part of the student's training in Gen M, they work with a small business owner for three months, 10 hours a week. They do this unpaid to gain work experience. They can do things like social media, content marketing, email marketing. Now, the first niche that we're training is digital marketing. So if you are looking for email marketing, a student marketer can help you with that. They kind of act like a little marketing assistant, like a marketing apprentice, really, to a business owner. Now, for business owners, they don't pay the student. It's totally, they don't, there's no cost to the student. They're getting this extra help to grow their business, an amazing way to find talent. There's no cost on the student. They pay a small membership fee, which allows us to balance our values with profits. It's $49 a month, super tiny. It's as lowest as we can possibly make it while making sure businesses are committed to the platform and, you know, allowing us to build out our company. And, you know, we've seen businesses come and they work with multiple students. You know, our student marketers have become part of their workflow and their businesses. We've seen a lot of students get hired by businesses. Uh, it's a great way as a small business owner if you are resource constrained to get that extra head to grow. And that's what, that's what happened to me. When I was starting my business, I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have a lot of resources. And I would work with volunteer students and they would help me grow and I'd end up hiring a bunch of them. It was one of the most valuable things I did for my business. And we said, you know what? What if we could enable other business owners to help train these students? If we could do that, we know the value the businesses get. If we could do that, we could potentially create a global scale free education system where students are trained by industry, for industry, faster, and for zero cost. 
that's the key hypothesis. That's the key uh, value of GenM are these digital apprenticeships, these modern days. And it's really about what I love about it so much. It's about doing real, a really good thing. You guys sit in the middle and you're almost like you're like you partner up students who are keen, who want to get the real world experience, because we know now that you might leave college or leave university with a bachelor's or a master's degree or whatever. And if you've got zero experience, it's really tough to get hired right now. Whereas if you say, hey, I've done this apprenticeship and I've worked within a business and I've actually done this stuff, that's so much more appealing to us as a business. And actually this brings me on to um, talking about your values because you've got some really strong principles that you run by. And I just, I want I want you to share those with everybody, please, Mo, if that's all right with you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, we're a mission-driven organization. We're here, we're on a mission. We're value-based. We balance values and profits to meet our fiduciary responsibilities to our shareholders and our employees and our company. We balance that with our values. Values always come first. And the core values are the same values that I have personally, that I live my life by. And the first one is integrity. You have to trust the system. You have to trust Gen M. You have to trust, you have to build trust among yourself. Integrity is so important in anything you do. People need to trust what you say and do. It's the first value, the first guiding principle. The second one is work ethic. You know, you to build a startup and to do what we are trying to do now requires an extraordinary amount of energy and work ethic. So you have to build your energy, your work ethic. If you're a student, you have to have good work ethic in order to get that work experience, right? Same with the business owner. You have to have good work ethic to build your business. That's the second one is work, energy. The third one is progress or learning. You have to be able to learn and progress. We're a learning company. You know, to see how far we've gone in the few years since we've been created, it's just, it kind of blows my mind how fast we are progressing. But when you think about it, when your core values are integrity, work ethic, and progress, you know, you really, it's only a matter of time before you create something very significant. And those are the three core values that I live my life by and that our company and our team is based off of. Amazing. Well, Mo, thank you so much. Oh, so first of all, where do people go if they want to find out more about you? Well, look, if you guys are looking to get an extra hand in your digital marketing at an affordable rate, the most affordable that you can find on the internet, frankly, uh, go to genm.co. It's G-E-N-M, like Generation Millennials, genm.co.co, and sign up as a business. It's free to sign up. You can jump on a call. They walk you through it. There's no commitments. It's super easy. Uh, Do that. If you want to learn about me and get back view access on GenM. Add me on Instagram and Twitter. It's at Real Moabas. I post frequently on Instagram. Uh, at Real and then my name. Mo, M-O-E, Abbas. A-B-B-A-S. Amazing. That's dude. absolutely awesome. Thank you so much for taking some time out to share this with us and the three marketers listeners today. Thank you for hosting me. Appreciate it. 
really great guy, really great vision for wanting to really help people. And, and that, that goes beyond email marketing and growing his business. That's, you can see if the community that's be, he's built at Gen M and is continuing to build mm-hmm. at Gen M, you can see from the staff that we've engaged with at Gen M, their mission is really to help marketing students to develop and, and find a place in the world. In the Especially in a world. world where you can easily, very easily learn lots of marketing stuff just by watching YouTube or buying online courses. But as we know, anybody who's just like studied some stuff is a world apart from being able to work in a business and actually make a practical difference. We see it all the time when people, people are asking to come and work with us at Response Week, for example. Yeah, you might have all these qualifications. You might have had a little look around at some courses online. You might be a big fan of social media or whatever. But actually be able to do it in a commercial sense, very different. Not obviously Mo's helping people every single day to do that through this sort of apprenticeship sort of scheme. So massive, absolutely massive. If you would like to have a little look at the show notes that we've put together for you on Mo's episode with every single detail, where we're going to find them, Rob? They're over at blog.responsesuite.com forward slash zero four nine. Heck yeah. Yeah, they are. And if you haven't already left us a review over on iTunes, pop over to responsesuite.com slash iTunes and leave us a five-star review if you wouldn't mind or whatever stars you think is possible. You know, I mean, four's okay. There's always room for improvement. But do let us know what you thought of the episode. Your big takeaways, we'll read them out on an upcoming episode. We'd love to do it. Other than that, we'll talk to you right back here, same time, same place, next week. Don't miss a thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesuite.com.